It is good to see all of you here. Um, my name's Jonathan, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited about speaking. Um, just to be completely honest with you, I don't speak, all, like, I'm not like a Christian who loves to speak every week. Like, for me, I like once a month, every six weeks, because I come in there, and I'm like, you know, the change up. Uh, but he's been gone a lot recently, so he's like, yeah, teach again. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So if this is subpar, blame Christian. If it's really great, blame the work that I put into it. No, no. Well, that's what I want to hear you guys say, but, you know, I, I have to, um, you know, ask you for your good feedback. So, um, but we're, really, we're excited about this, and I think it's a great follow-up to the series that we just did, talking about how to be brave, because a lot of times you have a choice between choosing fear or choosing faith. And so this idea is a space between us. How do we grow our faith How do we get closer to God? How do we partner with God more in this life? Because sometimes it feels like you're going through life, and I know we worship God and we we pursue him, but he's invisible. So it's hard to feel like like we're partnering with him. It feels more like we're alone. And then every once in a while, we're like, God, help us. You know, we cry out to him. And so we're talking about ways that we can kind of bring that gap smaller between us and God, where we feel like we see him more active in our lives, where, where there isn't this great big space between us and we feel distant and we wonder where he is, but we actually feel like we're tracking with him and our lives are, are working together so much more than we ever hoped for. And so that is what we're going to be talking about over the next five weeks, these things that we can do that are very practical, things that you can actually apply to your life tomorrow to hopefully start seeing that space um, smaller and seeing faith rise up. And so we're, today we're going to talk about a critical aspect of following Jesus. And, and I, my biggest fear is that this will just be so simple that you just will be like, yeah, we heard it. And, you know, we've heard this a number of times. So, Jonathan, don't you, don't you have anything more interesting to say? And I'm going to say no. Um, and, and if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. See, this is the thing. It's fine to believe. It's fine to have good intentions. It's, it's fine to, to gain knowledge, and it's fine to go to church, right? These all things are, are, are fine. But, but at the end of the day, and I know Rebecca hates, my wife hates that statement, because I guess they say it all the time at work. At the end of the day, you know, but at the end of the day, it's what you do that matters, right? And we all know this, and we believe it, and we have the whole idea, talk is cheap, and you know, what you do, your actions really matter. But I'm going to challenge us today because I feel like this is so fundamental in us following out what God has for us and, and, and representing him. Actually, doing this is so critical because if we're people who follow Jesus, we call ourselves Christians, and we don't do this, then we represent not the right God. We represent Jesus in a terrible way. And right, the one thing that people outside the church that look into the church, what they say is, man, they're such hypocrites. And we can see it in the news oftentimes where it's like these pastors and leaders, you know, they're saying one thing, but they have these lives that are not living out what they believe in. And so, at the end of the day, it's what you do that matters. And see, Jesus was one of the major proponents of this because he walked on earth and he looked at the religious landscape. And you know what really bothered him? It wasn't the people who were tax collectors. It wasn't the people outside of synagogue. It wasn't the people. It was the people who were talking a good talk but living 
a life that didn't represent that. And that's what really bothered him. And so he really spoke to that a lot. And also, another person who spoke to that was Jesus' brother, James. And did you guys know Jesus had a younger brother, James, who wrote the book in the New Testament called the book of James? And can we just take it to, let's just talk about what would it be like to have Jesus as your brother? And actually, I think that James's reaction to Jesus is actually one of the biggest faith-building responses because this is the thing. What would it take for your brother to convince you that he was the son of God? Like, like here, look, here are my brothers. I have two of them, okay? There's, there's Jason and there's Josh. These guys are great guys, but if Josh was like, tomorrow, it's like, hey, Jonathan, I want you to worship me. I would be like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, why? And he's, you know, whatever, you know, or, or Jason, you know, what would they have to do to convince you that they were the son of God? And so I think it's crazy that James has this relationship with Jesus. And so, in fact, I'm so excited. This is my most exciting thing about this whole, whole teaching today is that I get to show you a clip that's one of my very favorite clips on YouTube that I've ever watched. And Christian and I have been trying so long to put this in, into a teaching, and now you get to watch it. So this is a little bit about James, the brother of Jesus. All right, all right. Did you guys enjoy that? Uh, he, he's an amazing comedian. Uh, you know, the thing about James is crazy is that during Jesus' ministry, when he was doing his stuff, he didn't believe in him. Actually, he like stood against him and, and tried to convince him not to do what, what he was doing and saying what he was saying. And it was only after, see, this is the thing. What would it take to convince you that your brother was a son of God? Well, when your brother com- says, hey, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back to life, and you're all going to see me. Well, when you experience that, when your brother actually dies, comes back to life, and says, hey, I'm God then you're convinced. And so actually, I think it's amazing. James went from being a doubter and not a believer to somebody who was all in and saying, you know what? I was not convinced that you were the son of God and I saw it with my own eyes and I believe it. And James really cares about the authentic follower of Christ. He really cares about us being real in this world because he knows what it's like. He didn't want any fakers. And so he writes a book and it's really all about, hey, this fake idea of Christianity and this real idea of being authentic and following out Jesus. And so he writes this thing and he's writing to the church. He's not writing to the whole world. He's writing to people like you and I sitting in a church, listening to this. And this is what he says. He says, do not only listen to the word. The word is the Bible. The word is the word of God. The word is the things that Jesus was teaching and saying and that we had written down. They were looking at it. Okay. And so deceive yourselves. And so this is weird, because how can you just listen to the world and, word and deceive yourself? And, and what's amazing about this is how relevant it is today. 2,000 years later, what he writes here applies right now to our Christian culture, to our church culture. Because the thing is, is there's so many people happening, so many times, all across the world happening right now, Sunday morning, people are listening, but they're deceiving themselves. And there's this tension between you hearing, and then it gets filtered, and then you lie to yourself. And so why is that happening? Because there's a part of us that feels like, hey, I came to church. That was, that's, I mean, that's all, that's, a, that's all I could do. A lot of us feel like just because we get into the building, or just because we do the right things, then we're good. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You can't just listen, and listen, and listen, 
You're not just a a never-ending cup of source where you can just keep on growing in knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and not do anything with it. In fact, if you do this, this will be a breeding ground for hypocrisy. See, because you can grow in knowledge, you can grow in belief, you can keep on listening, but if you don't do anything with that, then you become a person who knows all the right things to say, who knows all the right things to believe, but has very little proof or evidence that you're living that out. And see, that's what happens for people who look at the church, outside the church, and they look at Christians, and they're like, they're lying to themselves. I see them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there is no difference between me and them. In fact, you know, it's really sad, but my parents have had a lot of people come in and do work for them. And oftentimes, my parents are pastors, and oftentimes they get Christians. And we have been ripped off by Christians far more than people who aren't Christians. They actually had a pool built for them. And this guy, who was a Christian, ripped them off for $30,000. And it was, and you can't do any, like, you know, the way it is set up legally, it's so hard to get that kind of money back. And so they just had to, like, it was a wash. You know, so many people look at Christians and they're like, man, you sit in your moral high ground, your high horse, and you look down on us because you go to church, because you know the right thing, because you listen, but you deceive yourself. And so let's talk about deceiving yourself because I was thinking it's really hard if you're living your life because deceit means that you don't know the truth. And so if you don't know the truth about yourself, you can't tell yourself the truth and think, I'm going to know it now, right? Because the problem is, is that you're lying to yourself. And so, right, this is the thing. This is us. These are like the three greatest memes all combined together, right? The baby meme, Steve Carell, and Will Ferrell, right? You sit on a throne of lies. Why don't you stop lying to yourself? Liar, right? And see, if we, we create this little spiritual religious bubble that we think we can, we're convincing ourselves that we're all good because we're going to church and we're saying the right things and we're looking the right way. But inside, God's saying, you're not living out what I've called you to do. And the problem is the people outside the church, they can almost see it better. And they're like, you, you guys are deceiving yourselves. And you know what? James, who wrote this book, who wrote this, he would jump up and give them a high five and say, you're right on. See, there are far too many of us inside the church who just listen and deceive ourselves. And so how do you not deceive yourself? Well, you have to actually want to change. And so I put it on Facebook and people, I said, how can you try not to lie to yourself? How can you stop lying to yourself? And a few people gave some really great answers. And it kind of boils down to two things. The first thing is you need to have people in your life who are going to speak to you the truth and you're going to have to listen to it. And I would say that it starts with probably your spouse because we don't like to listen to our spouses when they tell us the hard truth. Like, hey, you're not living up to this right here. Or you're actually not, act, you know, you're, not, you're, you're, you're deceiving yourself if you think right now you're being a good dad when all you do is watch sports all day, all weekend, whatever. You know, you think you're a good dad. You're lying to yourself because you're not investing in them, right? Or you know what? The way that you're talking to your kids most of the time is angry, you know, and you're deceiving yourself if you think that you're like listening to them and loving them. And these are all things I've never heard from my wife, but and th- these are things that you might have heard from your wife. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes we need people in our lives. And so you need to look at the people in your life. Are you living in isolation where no one actually knows you well enough 
to speak into your life, and you've already shut out your spouse and like you're not going to go there, right? Are you living in that place? Are you allowing people to speak truth to you so that we can stop lying to ourselves, so we can actually be authentic people who follow Jesus, so we can reflect him to every person that we encounter in this world? Or the other thing we can do is we can ask God. See, if you really want to change, then you can actually, see, God searches our hearts. He knows you far more than you know yourself. And so, you know, if you find yourself like, I think I'm lying to myself. I think I'm good, but maybe I'm not. Ask God. But he might tell you. That's the problem. He might tell you, and then you're going to have to change. And that's a whole other thing that we're going to talk about. And so we have to be people who don't fit into the religious mold of looking good, of lying to ourselves, and thinking that we're all good. And so, this is kind of me. So there's a time when, when our marriage was really struggling, and I, I was, you know, it was, it was on fire. Our marriage was on fire, and I wasn't loving Rebecca, and Rebecca wasn't loving We had four young kids, and we were not investing in each other, and things were falling apart. And the way that I like to respond is to lie to myself and say, this is fine, right? I've, the four greatest memes on the internet I've combined in this seat, it's great, right? I think about this meme all the time. When my life is falling apart, I'm just like, this is fine. You know, this is okay. Right? But that's what I like to, that's how I like to live my life. You know, there's problems everywhere. And I want to minimize the problems and I want to just make everything okay. I'm that kind of person. I'm a terrible person. It doesn't work long term. Let me just tell you, because if you sit in fire long enough, you're going to be burned and your house is going to burn down. And there's going to be other people who are going to be burned because of that. And so if you lie to yourself long enough, eventually, your throne of lies will come tumbling down. And so this is, I mean, this is a feel-good message, right? This is like, wow, Jonathan, thank you. Um, but this is the thing. This is what James says. This is a simple remedy, okay? Don't only listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. It's so simple, God, but yet we don't do what it says. Why not? And actually, Nike stole this from James, right? Do, just do it right? Don't just listen. Don't lie to yourself. Just do it, right? We need to get into the attitude, the mindset, like, sorry, my mic is getting wiggly. Okay. We need to get into the mindset that we are people who are going to take something that God is teaching us, and we're just going to apply it. We're not perfect in what we apply. We're not saying that we're the best in the world, but we're actually going to work on growing. We're going to work on taking a step closer to freedom. We're going to take a step closer to living out the authentic life versus just living inside of a religious bubble, trying to look good, trying to be impressive when really we're not measuring up. And so he says, do what it says. And then he goes on with this, this great analogy. Once again, I think it's perfect for us today because we are living in a, in a culture where image is everything. Right? We want to look as, as young as possible, as pretty as possible. And you know, I, t- I tell you, man, I, I turned 40. And, and as you turn 40, you realize like, like there's things about you that are disgusting. Um, like there's hairs that grow not where they're supposed to. You know, like little hairs on my nose. And if I don't really look in the mirror, I need to, I need to pluck those things. That's, that's disgusting. Christian recently told me, he's like, I have to get Mandy to pluck out hairs in my ear. I mean, that's disgusting, right? But we, we care. We want to look good. 
All right, and so, and so James gives this great analogy, and this is what he says. Those who listen, you know, sit in church, rows, listen, take notes, go to a small group, Sunday school, you know, those who listen to the word, that's me adding that in. That's not really what James said, but okay, but that's me. Italicize me, regular print, James. Okay, to the word, but do not do what it says. Are like people who look at their faces in a mirror, and after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. It's like this. Do you ever get up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is not pretty. I, actually, over the summer we went on a vacation and to a really nice house and they had one of those magnified mirrors. Have you guys ever looked in one of those? It's terrifying because it, it magnifies every one of your hideous flaws. Like my, your pores are disgusting. They're, you notice those hairs. You notice the wrinkles. You know, you're like, ew, is that really me? <laughs> that, that can't be me. But it is you. Okay? But it's like, it, this is what it's like. It's like looking in the mirror and being like, and then going to work. Looking like you just rolled out of bed. No one does it. Once you're past 13, you don't do that. You actually spend some time looking, I mean, before you're 13, those kids, man, woof. but after 13, when you actually care about what you look like, you spend time, and I'm not going to point out anybody in my life that spends some time on their face, but I see somebody in my life every day taking time, investing, and looking beautiful, and she does look beautiful. Right? <laughs> She looks good, but it only took, I'm not even going to tell you how long it took, but it took a while, right? But this is the thing. James is saying, you don't do this with just your physical appearance, yet you do it with your spiritual life. You might be sitting in church, you might be hearing something, and it's convicting you, or it's like, you know, I need to act differently with that relationship, or I need to start doing this, or I need to stop doing this, or I need to start pursuing this, or start using this gift, or taking this risk, and you're all fired up, and you're like, oh, wow, I need to do this. And then you walk out that door, and nothing happens. (laughs) Nothing changes. And you deceive yourself, because the feeling that you had here satisfies you. Like, oh, I felt it. I felt like I needed to change. I felt the spirit. You know, I felt like I needed to change, but nothing changes. And James is saying, listen, don't just listen. It's like, you know, and he's saying we care and we invest more in our physical appearance. And this is all what Jesus talked about with the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders back in his day. And they cared about what they looked like. They cared about what people saw them doing. They cared about the rituals they fulfilled. But in their hearts, they were empty and they were fake. And see, Jesus and James are so invested in those who follow him. Be authentic. Be real. And actually, try to start doing the things that you know God is putting in your heart. And so why don't we do those things? I'm human. I realize there's so many times. Do you know how many times I've listened to a message? you know how many times I've listened to Christians speak in my life? Far too many times, right? Probably close to thousands of times I've heard Christian And I've applied every one of his messages to my life. That's why I'm so good. No, no. I've listened so many times and have not done. And this is one of the reasons why we like to speak in series. So we have one idea for six weeks that we focus on. Because we maybe try to change one thing in our life for six weeks, but we can't change 52 things in our, in our life in one year. Like we, it's too much. And so focus on one thing that you can change. Like we focused on fear for six weeks and it was good. How many people felt like you grew 
in, in overcoming fear and taking a risk and how to be brave and you faced some of the things that have in the previous time you would want to run from, right? That's actually listening and doing. That's not listening and just walking out and forgetting. And so why? Oh, okay. So, but, so he says, but those who look intently into the perfect law, so those who look into what God's saying, gives freedom, continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. And they will be blessed in what they do. So why? Okay, I'm going to end. Why are we... People, why is it easier for us just to listen than actually do? Because at the end of the day, and we all know it, it really matters what you do. Talk is cheap. Intentions, who cares about your intentions? You might have the best intentions in the world, but if you don't do it, has it made an impact? No, actually, it like discredits you when you're like, oh, I meant to say that to you after, you know, whatever. Or I meant to do that. It actually makes you look bad. And so God doesn't want us to be these people who have these good intentions or these people who know so much about God, yet don't practice it. It's sickening to him. It hurts him. He doesn't want us to. I'm just talking to us people who have decided to follow Jesus. Those of you who are still checking it out, you guys get a free pass. But for those who are saying, my life is yours, God. I want to follow you. You know what? We need to apply that, and we need to live it out on Monday, and we need to live it out on Tuesday. And we need to be somebody who chooses to look different than the rest of the crowd. And that's so hard to do. But God's calling us into that place. So why is it hard for us? Well, the first one is I think we're too distracted. Like we might be here on Sunday morning. There might be something that grips your heart. And you're like, yes, I, can. I need to be more patient in my life. This week, I'm gonna work on patience. And then you walk out the door and a car cuts you off or you're waiting out a light or you're following. Oh, I'm so bad at this, kids. When you're following behind a slow driver, who's going the speed limit, you're like, what's going on? Move! You know, like, uh, so you're saying, okay, I'm going to work on patience. And then the whole week, you fill your life up with other things and you're not even focused on what God's teaching you and growing in you. And then you get to Friday and you're like, oh yeah, what was that thing? Or you might get to the next Sunday and you're like, oh, what was that thing that Jonathan spoke on? Oh yeah, oh, oh, I didn't do anything with that this week. Like, Sometimes we're so focused on what's ahead of us that we can't take time to actually grow. We don't actually make time to say, how are you teaching me, God? How can I apply this this week? Where are these areas that I can actually start growing from a baby to like, you know, maturity? What are these things that you're doing in my life? So we're too distracted, right? And you guys get that, right? The squirrel thing, okay. Um, the other one is, I think that there's, there's for, for those of us who have been raised in, in church, who have gone to church for a long time, I think that there's like a, like, like we just, we don't listen to things like a child will listen to information or, or to something that, you know, they're being taught. Like, we're like, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I, I heard that like when I was 12. Like, let's take, for instance, 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody knows that. That's a love chapter because you read it at weddings, right? And you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Oh, they're getting married. Uh, but you know what? How often are we like, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to do that this week. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right? How are you choosing kindness in the people that you love this week? How are you applying that? See, we get hardened because we, we've, honestly, we've heard most of it. You're not going to hear a new teaching. You'll be like, I've never heard that before. You know, most of it because, because it's really, like, Jesus is simple. He's teaching us simple ways to live in this world. And we make things too complicated, but it, we need to soften our heart to what God's teaching us. And then we need to start applying that. See, because if you just hear something and you immediately discard it and say, that's not for me. Oh yeah, I've already done that. I've already worked on that. I worked on that in my 20s. 
You know, like there are new seasons and there are new things that we need to learn. So there are some of us who are closed off to actually listening with fresh ears saying, okay, what, what are you trying to teach me? You know, have, did you go into church today thinking, okay, I'm ready to be challenged. What am I, what are you teaching me today, God? I want to apply this thing to my life. No, you didn't think that because that would have been weird. But anyway, you know, but we could have that spirit like, you know, where are you growing me, God? I want to grow. I want to mature. And I think we've covered this a lot in the How to Brew Brave series, but afraid of changing or failing. And I think that's really it. Some of us feel like, if I actually start doing these things, like, okay, if I actually stop drinking too much at parties, will I actually have fun? Or will I look weird? Or will people, you know, think of me like I'm judging them or whatever? And, and no. Like, there's part of us that are so afraid of going all in for Jesus that we think, man, that's going to like totally change my life and I can't do that. We're afraid of saying, God, I want to listen and I want to do what you're calling me to do. And see, we're afraid then also of failing. See, because we don't, we all know being a hypocrite is a terrible thing and so we don't want to be a hypocrite. So we're like, you know what? I'm not even going to try. And that's not what Jesus has for us. He wants us to grow. Like, he's got a plan for us. He has a plan to mature us. He came to give us abundant life, like for us to live life and love it. But that's only if we actually do the things he's asked us to do. And as we choose to step out and say, you know, even if I fail in trying to be patient this week, or even if I fail in trying not to be jealous of someone this week, even if I fail, it's worth it because I'm trying. I'm taking steps towards the life that God wants for me. See, it all goes back to being authentic. Like Jesus doesn't want us to be a bunch of people who hear these great things every Sunday and then walk out and forget it all. Like we need to be people who sit here and think, God, I know you're investing in me for my future, for my life. What are you saying to me? How are you bringing life to me? How am I supposed to do the things you're calling me to do? And, uh, and Jesus ends his great sermon on the Mount. If you want to look at like the most practical teachings in the world, Jesus gives us teaching all through Matthew seven, 6 and 7, 5, 6 and 7. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching, right? Here it is. Listens to my teaching and puts it into practice. Those who do what I'm saying. And that was so radically different than the religious landscape of his day. So many people listened and they would spend hours just talking about the, the laws and talking about different ideas of the law and talking about belief. But yet no one put it into practice. See, we can't be a church like that. I would, I would rather learn one thing this year, one thing that I listen and put into practice than hear 52 great things and feel good about like, oh, I'm listening, I'm, I'm learning so much. Well, if I'm not practicing that, then I'm not making the difference I'm called to make. I'm not making the impact. Remember, at the end of the day, it's what you do that really matters. So are you living out 1 Corinthians 13? Are you being patient, kind, are you not boasting? You know, uh, or so that when the rains come, floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on something solid. Like, like we're not, our knowledge is not going to save us. How we look to other people is not going to save us. It's really what we do with what Jesus has given to us. That is going to be the foundation on which our life is going to be built. And so that is what Jesus is saying here. And I want to watch a video um, and I really, I, I like this because I feel like there's this, what I heard when I was working on this is that we have to like 
be ruthless about application, about applying these things that we're learning. You know, and I don't know what God's teaching you. One of my favorite things to ask somebody is saying, hey, how are you learning right now? How are you growing? What's, what's, what's God teaching you? Or if it's somebody who doesn't believe in God, it's like, well, you know, how, how are you growing? What are you learning? And so many people say, I don't know. And see, I, I really believe God is teaching us and he is invested in us and he wants us to grow and he wants us to be the best version of ourselves. But if, you know, if, if we're just paying lip service to him and if we're just caring more about how we look, then we're not gonna live the life that God's called us to live. And so we need to be like ruthless about doing what we hear, about doing what we hear, doing what we're growing and doing what he's teaching us. We're gonna watch a video and this is, from Nike, just do it, because that's the name of this teaching. We just, have to, we just have to do it, right? Like, this is the thing. We don't have excuses. Like, we got to put away our excuses. I know we're all busy. We're all distracted. I know, I know we all can hear too much and sometimes feel oversaturated and numb to almost something new coming into our lives. And I know we're all afraid to fail, and we want to be perfect in everything that we do. But sometimes we just have to take that small step. And so we're going to watch this video about how we have to just ruthlessly, ruthlessly do it. And then we're going to end. I'd like to be in a place in my life where I am so committed to actually doing the things that God, God's teaching me or telling me that I'm saying there's no other way, right? I don't want to lie to myself. I don't want to be somebody who's fake. I don't want to be somebody who goes through life thinking everything's good and really there's so much change that needs to happen in me. Let's just stand up together. See, there's some of us here who are lying to ourselves. And there's things that God has been wanting to work on in our hearts for a while, yet we just keep on just going on, you know? And and we're not allowing God to work in that place. And see, this is the thing that we forget so often is that he's not just like standing back as like a mean teacher saying, do it. He's actually like the best tutor you've ever had. He's like next to you and he's saying, this is how you do it. And he's giving you insight and clues and he's empowering you to do the things he's calling you to do, to change, right? Jesus came to this earth not to just give us a bunch of really great knowledge or even like some really great logic or some great practical advice. He came to transform us. He wants us to change on the inside. He cares far less about how good we look in the mirror, our faces. He cares far more about how changed we are on the inside. And see, if we want that space between us and God to just shrink We have to be real with where we're at and we have to let him in into those areas that we're already lying to ourselves. And as we let him in and as we begin to do the things he's asked us to do, begin to put into practice the things he's teaching us, we will feel close to him. We will feel like our faith is growing. We will feel transformed by the power of God. Jesus said, hey, I'm not leaving you alone when I go away. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, guess what, guys? He's like the most awesome helper that you could ever ask for. He will help you do the things that you think you can't do. And maybe there's an addiction in your life that you can't overcome. Well, guess what? God can help you. And maybe there's something about you, a lie or a deficit, or you just hate yourself, or you struggle with the depression, or you feel like your life is just doesn't matter. Well, God's saying, let me in and I will show you how your life matters. See, when we just choose and settle for religion or just listening, we cut out the transforming part of what God wants to do in our lives in us and then through us, right? And so I'm gonna pray. God, we don't wanna be people 
just deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves about areas in our lives that need to grow or change or, or risks that we need to take and things that we holding on to. We want to be people who hear you and hear your word and then we just do it. We just take the step. God, we don't want to care more about our appearance or how we look to other people than we do about how we look to you. Jesus, Jesus, help us. Help us, God. We don't want to lie to ourselves. And we don't want to think everything's just fine. And we don't want to think just because we go to church, it's all good. You know what? It's not what it's all about. So God, help us look into you into your freedom that you have for us. And then we go and we do the things you're calling us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. So we're gonna take this time to respond. Just ask God, hey God, <laughs> are there things and areas that you want me to grow that I'm not growing, that I'm just settling in life and I'm, I'm, I'm choosing myself and I'm not choosing you? Or are there things I'm lying to myself about? God will tell you eventually. If you open up to him, he'll speak to you. Or take a time where you just say, God, here I am. Use me. I want to apply the things I've learned. I don't want to just be a walking thesaurus or an encyclopedia. I want to be someone who's able to apply and change. So God, change me. You know, I have this fear. I have this impatience. I have this struggle with lust. I have this time where I'm, I'm, I'm prideful and I think I know everything. I think I'm always right. God, change me. So God, we invite you in. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you so much for this time together. And God, thank you for your love for us, God. Thank you that, um, that each one of us is growing and each one of us you've got a plan for, God. And we just continue to welcome what you want to do in our lives Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And I pray, God, that we could you know, apply the things that you've taught us, apply the things that we're growing in, Lord. And, and continue just to break down the, 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 the deception in our lives when we look at ourselves. And, and Lord, help us just find freedom in you to be authentic in what you've called us to do and authentic in, in who we represent. So Jesus, you're good. We love you, God. Bless every person in this place now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for coming. You guys are awesome. Be blessed.